Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Not a blog, as we were talking about earlier just now on the call. Uh, In case you're wondering... Nick's drunk. I wish. It's just drunk on emotions from that victory. I mean, hate to hate to peg you as that guy, but if there was ever a, a Debbie Downer as Furious. far as pre-match pre-match antics go, it'd be you. It wasn't pre-match, it was post-match. Well, that too. You're pretty you're pretty fired up, but it's a bit of a roller coaster of emotion. It was just all downhill. <laughs> We'll get into it. All right, Dan, uh, I can see you're still in your mobile studio, not at home yet, so we're going to keep you on the road a little bit longer. Appreciate you making time. Of course. It's always uh, a pleasure, especially when we get to talk about a Chelsea win. It is always good. It is always good to talk about a win, regardless of what Nick thinks. Yep, that's true. I'm glad we can team up on this one. All right. Uh, as we cool. always start our episodes off with gratitude, a huge thank you. We, this Our Patreon is blowing up right now. Uh, so if you are trying to join, get in line behind Wonky Eye, Colin, Sean, Brad, Topher, Frank, and Mike. They are continuing to roll in. I feel like we need to get like our phone set up and have a little like call a palooza, a little phone bank for donations, accepting these things in, you know, talk to a celebrity, but jokes on them it's just you nick so it's just me hey a lot of people want to talk to me i i bet i bet we get more patreons if if that happened if i offered my services all right for the good of the show 
Let us I know. do want to shout out Topher, though. Topher's been around before. He's just back Oh, yeah. Now. Yep. Boomerang. Boomerang Patreon are there. Um, yeah, we, well, let us know. We'll set up a Google voice number and get Nick uh, smiling <laughs> and dialing for you out there. But, Dan, over to you for the, uh, the, the five-star love in Apple Podcasts. Yeah, well, a lot of five-star love. The train keeps on chugging down the station. And we had W Top 92, Tyler 100 Cox, Alden Worth, Soccer Demo 1. We had f- a, a string of numbers. So I guess a robot decided to give us a review as well. 486753379. It's not almost a phone a number. Fo- so. Almost. Almost yeah, a almost. phone number. Uh, Jimmy G937. And then, oddly enough, we also had a Manchester United fan jump in, parachute in with a one star review. Just come saying on. we're coming for you, Chelsea Champions League. Here we come. Three Great. soccer emojis. Come at me with a five-star review. At least show some respect amongst, you know, well, our fellow I'm not. Podcasts. I'm not surprised this is a United fan. But hey, if, if you're listening to the audio version of this, you're not watching on YouTube, you should leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to make up for Mr. Javino the Great, which I would not call any Manchester United fan great or excellent or awesome, just an asshole leaving one star review. So leave a five star review. Bounce them out. No, I, no sportsmanship whatsoever being shown, Nick. When I first saw that review, I thought it was Gervinho from Arsenal back in the day. Do you guys remember how terrible that guy was? That's yeah. a throwback for you. He made a career. He had a bit of a <laughs> comeback at Parma a year or two ago. He ah, made it like a, yeah. a FIFA team of the week. Well done. Well All done. right. Cal would be proud of me, and I think Miles as well, because they're a little FIFA card the experts they know it all um anyways nick on to you not gratitude but maybe a little bit of begging this time help help us grow <laughs> as a show um instagram and twitter at london blue pod go give us a follow uh, even if you're not super active we just need to boost these numbers up and you know get to 150,000 followers on each platform and become mega superstars so that's what we need to do there um also, YouTube. Uh, our YouTube channel has grown pretty significantly over the last few weeks. Uh, you guys know where to find us there. We're doing our match previews exclusively on YouTube, not on a podcast format. So go over there. We're giving you a little incentive to go do that. So help us out. Yeah, it has been great growth uh, over there. I think we're on our way, well on our way to 6K. I have to double check that. Um, anyways... Uh, let's go ahead, not waste any more time, invest any more time. Uh, let's get into the match review. So it was Crystal Palace in the Premier League at Selhurst Park. Dan, do you want to explain Selhurst Park? Was that a pun on it being the worst? <laughs> it's awful. It is a terrible uh, place to watch a game. I think so the only way you can pun. make it better is by pulling out all the fans and not having someone bang on a drum for 90 minutes to try and create quote atmosphere unquote. there's no eagle or crystals i mean there's a lot well, the missing. Eagle, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure the eagle passed away this season too oh well r.i.p bro yeah, yeah jeez brandon you, you animal you jerk oh, okay well animals die while they're like down people. it happens yeah they well okay anyways uh brandon's condolences card read the following hey i guess you died sorry later 
I don't send the card to the person. Anyways, <laughs> Crystal Palace 2, Chelsea 3 was the final scoreline. Uh, anyways, we're going to run the goals uh, back for you, uh, courtesy of the Fifth Stand app. Again, it is the official app of Chelsea FC. The best content, the quickest content, and their match reviews, their edits are fantastic. Uh, go check it out. Chelsea make the short trip across London to face Crystal Palace with the Blues looking to maintain their good form since the season restarted. Quite brightly in our, in our use of the ball, so that's a good forward ball. Hamstring's gone there. Harry Cahill looks out of the game. Here's Willian. There's Giroud. That's 1-0 Chelsea. Simple as you like. Willian. Down from Zuma. Didn't miss by much. Well, he believed that was going in for Zuma. Can he get the shot off? Yeah. Oh, can he just? Wallop from Christian Pulisic, who thumps in another goal. He's Pulisic. On he goes, easily past Sacco, teeing up William. Good save by Ita to stop it being game over. Chelsea are just slicing through the Palace defensive will. So his pocket picked by Van Aanholt. Tell you what, if that had worked, that was so, so simple. Palace should have shot Zaha from range, what a goal! Wilfred Zaha to get Palace back in it, out of absolutely nothing. He's pulled one out the top draw. Stays up with him, Mount's carried on his run too. He stabbed it through for Tammy Abraham. Yeah, big, big goal! Tammy Abraham back on the score sheet. It was spectacular, you know, he's just put it in off, that, off the inside of the post. No chance for the goalkeeper. Arnold's got away from Christensen here, and Van Teke's made it 3-2 straight away. Chelsea totally switched off. Zaha. Tripped it deep to the back post, there's Dan! Off the post. Lost his cheek, can't get it away. Van Arnold shots blocked, and Chelsea just about cling on to their lead. Unbelievable. From Townsend, Kepa's got it and he kept it in. That is a big, big three points for Frank Lampard and Chelsea. All right, so recapping Olivier Giroud, Christian Pulisic got the hat trick hero hat on in in honor of Christian, uh, Wilfred Zaha, Tammy Abraham, and then Christian Benteke rounded out. So it was it was fun. It was exciting. Uh, you know, classic Chelsea. If if we're gonna be honest, Dan from a lineup standpoint. We knew that Conte was out. We knew that Kovacic was out. What in the world did Frank do? Well, he kept Kepa between the sticks. Kurt Zuma retains his place next to Andreas Christensen. Reese James and Aspilicueta fill in the back four. It was Ross Barkley again. It was Mason Mount, those two attacking eights, with Billy Gilmore back into the side. We had Christian Pulisic, William, and Olivier Giroud as the front three, continuing... A really kind of consistent lineup there. Bench consisted of Willie Caballero, Antonio Rudiger, Marcus Alonso, Pedro, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and Mishi Batshuayi as unused substitutes. Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Tammy came in in a double sub, and then Jorginho with a little cameo at the very end. Uh, so Jorginho, who was very much remembered by Frank Lampard today. Nick, I love how he's got the fade, but then he's got the mop top and that gross beard. Oh, that's tough. That's a that's a deserted island look. Um, it's ca- his castaway look. 
it's um yeah it's tough it's it's not what i would consider style but then again i'm not Jorginho, so uh, well we'll see i'm again surprised lampard leaving a lot of unused substitutes uh but it was a tight match didn't have the flexibility really to maybe gamble and throw some people on uh so the top line stats chelsea with the paltry 58 percent possession our 14 shots with six on target to their 13 shots with four on target probably a little uncomfortably close. Uh, We dominated touches. We dominated passes. uh, 20 tackles to their 19. Our 23 clearances to their 19, which probably all came in the last 15 minutes. Uh, Yep, and then corners, offsides, yellow cards, yada, yada, fouls conceded. Uh, Dan, at Kaylee underscore graphics, again with the expected goals. Bit of a wild one. It was a wild one. Expected goals for Crystal Palace, 1.5 to their two actual expected goals for Chelsea, 2.2 to R3. So a a good day to live beyond your means. And uh, Chelsea did just that with three converted, though you might argue they could have gotten, couldn't gotten a few more, Nick. There was, there was more that left on the table. There was more that was left on the table for both teams. (laughs) Um, I mean, we'll we'll get into this. I, I think the match overview, you know, that I would, you know, typically given this spot is it was a win, you know, wins a win. It wasn't nearly comfortable. Um, it certainly wasn't as comfortable as it should have been. I mean, Chelsea could have gone up three nil in the first 35 minutes and put the game away. And they didn't again, you know, it's a consistent theme that you've seen throughout the season. They let in a really poor palace team who have not done anything since the restart. And have just been beaten up and down the pitch by lesser teams at Chelsea. And it, it just it ended up being a really frustrating day out. I know that Frank will take the points, but I left feeling kind of deflated, to be completely honest with you. Now me, Dan. Three points is three points at the end of the season. Fatigue, scrappiness. I get it. It was, you know, not ideal. You know, as we did our match preview, Nick's like, yeah, uh, Palace has scored about 26 goals all season. Pretty terrible. Uh, and sure enough, that we let them get two in, uh, which, you know, it's down to my set pieces and their counterattack, which I called because it was an actual threat. Anyways, from your standpoint, as we look into this, you know, we can get into the the overalls, but I really would just want to right away pick out one Kurt Happy Zuma. Um, someone who we'd probably been shouting from the sidelines to bring in after the restart because the back line just wasn't doing enough obviously today you could say still not doing enough but from an individual performer uh i was told on twitter that he had a pretty decent day i would say that commander kurt had a very good day in our back line i think when you look at some of the stats we saw uh, five out of eight aerial duels won two out of four ground duels six out of ten long balls completed six clearances three interceptions two tackles and one extremely well-blocked shot (laughs) at the very death of the match. The most perfectly timed. Man, I love me some Kurtzuma. I love me a Kurtzuma slide tackle save. They are just, ah, they are wonderful. They are delicious. I don't think that there's a worse case scenario than that. Christian Benteke, our center backs, way far away. He turned, and I think he was caught off guard with how much space he had, took a slightly heavy touch. But the speed, Nick, in which Kurt Zuma 
cut down the distance between him and Benteke and then destroyed everything in his path. Ball, player, probably pitch. Referee might have been hit for all I know. Dude just destroyed everything in his path. I I watched the Sandlot last weekend for the 4th of July, which is a good tradition to have. And it reminded me of when Benny hit the cover off the ball. Yeah. And, and, you know, the middle of the movie. I I was surprised the ball was still inflated with how hard he came in. (laughs) Like, it was. And I, I originally, the damn app that I have on my TV skipped to like I didn't see the pass go in to Benteke. Oh. So I skipped in and Benteke just has the ball there and the announcers are yelling <laughs> and I was like, what the hell just happened? What just happened? And then I, as soon as I saw Zuma come in, I thought it was a penalty. I thought I thought he had given away a penalty because there was just so much commotion going on. But I mean upon all the fifty thousand replays that they showed of that, it was as clean as clean can be. Like I mean, it, unbelievable. Like really yeah. well done. And those points that he saved could prove very vital. There was a comment as I was looking at the there was actually a thread on Reddit on the soccer Reddit for just the block shot for Kurt's block shot. And the top comment was from a United fan talking about how Benteke was like a type of person who has to look at the keys at the keyboard as he types <laughs> because Benteke just doesn't go forward with the ball. He looks down to validate that the ball is there <laughs> before trying to take the shot. And that, and like that split second is all Kurt needed Jeez. to cover the space and take it out of his hands. This is part of why I was super frustrated though, right? The dude had not scored at home in two years. We let him score. He probably should have had another one. And Kurt still had a good game. Like, that that's how up and down this performance was. And that's why both things can be true at the same time. Like, this guy hasn't scored. He scored one goal in the Premier League all year. And it was away. Like, come on, guys. Like, I know that he's big. I know that he's good in the air. And I know that Kurt Zuma pocketed him for a large portion of the game, which is very hard to do because he actually has a couple of inches on Kurt from a height perspective. But man, that's, it's just, those are mixed emotions that I'm sharing right now. Like it's, it's hard. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and again, that's why we're kind of trying to signal out the individual performance of Kurt without, you know, taking into account the entire thing. Um, Cause we will. Uh, but if you head over to Instagram, one Captain Leader legend, John Terry, had a nice little applause for him. Says, what a tackle at Kurt Zuma. Fist emoji soccer ball. Which is literally what Kurt did with his foot to that said <laughs> soccer ball. And then Naz tweeting uh, Frank's post-match comments about Zuma right here saying, Lampard on Zuma, quote, it was fantastic for him. He played well versus Watford. Imposing and defending the ball. Attackers get credit, and that's definitely what got us the points at the end. Uh, end quote. And, you know, Keppa made a big save at the end, but at the end of the day, what Kurt has shown in the last, what is it, two matches? And before the break, too, to be fair to him. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, he lost his Everton. position. Yeah, so he was coming back, right? I mean, to, the rest of the season, I know it was only four matches. Like, undroppable? Add him to that list? Undroppable. I mean, it's a ridiculous proposition to watch what he's done the last two matches and go, yeah, we got two guys better than him. One thing I think I didn't realize is 
Kurt's aggression. Like, Rudiger doesn't bring it like Kurt does. It is a whole different level. Like, the way he just gets up in the back of defender uh, attackers and literally pushes them five yards mm-hmm. further away, which makes him so uncomfortable trying to settle the ball. You know, again, the way he attacks the ball in the air makes you not want to go for it because you're like, I don't want to get in the way of that. I don't want to get clobbered by the yeah. whole. Yeah, I mean, and Ben Teke, I think he tried to pull out at the end, but it was too late, you know, because he saw missile flying. <laughs> yeah, just coming in. And that's the fear that, like, these hard tackling no nonsense center backs can play with and like you know frank has got to be loving that that side of it as well because again it makes attackers always go where is he they're always looking over the shoulder worrying that that tackle's coming in and they don't see it coming well it, it reminds you dan that there are a couple of different ways to play this position right kurt happy zuma is much more teddy roosevelt speaks awfully carry a big stick right not gesticulating all over the place, not yelling at people, handling his business like a grown man. And then there are other players who are more on the vocal side, which isn't a bad thing either, by the way. Like you, you definitely need to communicate, but maybe are less in your face about you know some of the defending aspects. And I just think it's really important. Whoever is paired with him has to do a lot of the talking because he you know just doesn't seem like he's he's that guy. He just wants to go like see ball hit ball right like. That's that's good. We're we're in the position where, yes, it would be great to be choosy around center backs, right? We, we want the the ball playing center back. You know, we we want to have this really fluid attack. We want them to kind of help push the team forward in that regard. We leak like a sieve in the back, right? This has been a area of challenge for the team the entirety of the season, and you know what? We've got. Four more matches left in the Premier League this season, as Brandon talked about. I, I don't need sexy passing from center backs at the moment. I need no-nonsense defending to keep out goals so that we can claim maximum points, get into Champions League, sign Kai Havertz, get some Declan Rice, and continue assaulting and destroying football next season because it's going to be delicious. I will agree with the beginning and the end of that statement. Absolutely, Dan. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, hey, we are going to take a really quick break. Thanks to these sponsors for supporting the show financially. When we're back, we're going to be talking about the Christian and William bromance that has blossomed since we've returned. We'll obviously talk about Lampard's continuous impact on the games with the substitutions. And obviously, Dan and the match coming at you. We'll be right back. All right. As I alluded to, William and Christian Pulisic, a young American and a veteran Brazilian, the story that you never would have thought they are they're in my fantasy team like christian's been my captain i thought this was going down the road of brandon talking about some type of like summer rom-com movie you never expected that they would be the ones to find love on the buddy comedy (laughs) the funny thing mine is the love part but the chemistry and the 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 where they're at I didn't see it coming, especially because you think like they're on the opposite ends of the, the the sidelines, like they're not really close to each other. They are linking up, finding each other. Pulisic draws a penalty. William buries it. I mean, they can do it all together. They're just a classic one-two punch. Um, and hey Brandon, where are you at in fantasy again? I didn't didn't worry about that. I'm on a huge run right now. 
Um, Joe <laughs> Prince Wright at NBC Sports tweeted, James MacArthur doubling up on American flag, hashtag U.S. Men's National Team star Christian Pulisic wherever he goes. MacArthur has won the ball back from Pulisic or forced him to go backwards on three occasions now. This is the kind of treatment Pulisic can now expect week in, week out in the Premier League. Hashtag CFC, hashtag Cryche. I mean, Dan, th- this is his new reality. It is getting the shit kicked out of him, which we saw again today, and it's getting doubled up. And he's now finding space. Uh, he's combining with players. He's being tricky, but at the end of the day, he's just being, he's still being direct. And if those guys sleep for half a second or they take the wrong angle, he is gone. Yeah, it's exactly. It's exciting. It's amazing. Uh, it's the most goals that he's scored in a single season of top flight football, which is a credit to his determination and resiliency to get this done, to fight back from, you know, fight in his way into the side, right? Because he wasn't a nailed on starter when the season started, had to fight his way back from injury and has had to acclimatize to a league that is playing him way more physically than he was getting played in the Bundesliga. And he has done it all with a heads down, get the job done approach that I think is endearing fans to him. He's playing with a style that is exciting because when we think about he's actually I'm pretty sure now that he is very close to, if not on pace to beat Eden Hazard's goal record for his first season at Chelsea, Um, which is, again, it's very early days, Nick, and we don't want to overhype too much, but Christian is showing that he has a starting lineup place on hold for himself for next season at this pace. He's been our he's been our best player since the break, and I think him and, and William are, are neck and neck there. Um but I mean dynamic he had a rougher game today than he did against Watford where he kind of ran the show. Um and, and I think it's just, again, not every match is the same, right? Palace deployed a much different tactic on him, uh, as uh, Joe Prince Wright uh, said above, than Wofford did. Uh, and other teams will defend him differently as well. Like, he's going to have the run of show against Norwich, for sure. I mean, there's no one on Norwich that can touch him. Um, so it, it's just going to be interesting to see how he develops over time, how he gets used to the new reality. Uh, famously, Eden Hazard never got protected by the referees. Uh, I think we said that for about, I don't know, four fucking years on this show. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to watch how Christian deals with it now. Um, but one thing I can tell you is, you know, we start to have some success from free kicks in or around the area. And the calculus changes for defense too, right? Because... We haven't been great from free kicks. You know, we, William obviously put the one in against West Ham, but that, that's kind of an aberration on the year. If we really develop a dangerous, you know, kind of set piece routine and Christian keeps getting hacked down and we start converting those chances, you're in a, uh, in a in no man's land if you're a defender. And so that's what I think we have to do to kind of balance the scales a little bit. So from a stats perspective, Christian has now been directly involved in 10 Premier League goals this season. That comes from 21 games played, 16 of those being starts, 8 goals to assists. Remember when he was just an assist guy too? Uh-huh. His goal today was <laughs> fantastic. I mean, that to me... It's the best goal he scored. 
it shows so much confidence. He gets it inside the box and he knows, doesn't matter which foot I'm on, I'm shooting. I'm getting a shot off. Like, it, it probably caught Gaeta off flat-footed a, a little bit. Dude. Well, and plus he's thinking, yeah, you know, he's probably going to, oh, he just shot it. Wow, was not ready for that. So just to just to clarify, so Pulisic's first season versus Hazard's first season at Chelsea. Um, Unnecessary Pulisic's comparison eight, incoming. <laughs> yeah, uh, eight goals, eight Premier League goals, 178 minutes per goal for Christian, nine Premier League goals for Hazard, 293 minutes per goal, uh, 143 minutes for Christian per goal or assist, 132 minutes per goal or assist for Hazard. Uh, 3.1 successful dribbles per 90 for Pulisic, 2.1 successful dribbles per 90 for Hazard. Bright future. We'll just we'll stick to that. He's got a great skill set, and his end product Buy is kicking Buy the stock in. now. Buy more Christian stock. It is on the rise. I don't think any of us need more of his kids right now. <laughs> bye, Fucking bye, bye. Jim Cramer over here <laughs> yeah. just hitting shit with baseball bats. And- oh, my gosh. Uh, and then since the restart, Pulisic, uh, five games, three goals, two penalties, one, 11 chances created. Lampard heaping on the praise Again, as he's being forced to because he's being asked after every match yet again, how about that Christian kid? Naz bringing the tweets again says, quote, I know the talent he had and I wanted to help him. He had to adapt to a physical league in the beginning, end quote. Frank's running out of things to say. Like at this point, he's like, yeah, he was great. Next. Duh. But is he any good is the question. I'm sorry, you keep bringing up this Eden Hazard guy. Uh, what, what are we thinking? Ballon d'Or next season? Or where, where is he at? Uh, gotta love the journos on that. And then the other half of this dynamic duo is William. 12 ball recoveries on the day. Five chances created. Four successful take-ons. Three shots. Two on target. Two assists. Again, you know, we've got this nice little beauty that the... When we interviewed William, we got his signature, a little London is blue. Just had to flex a little bit because it's he's such a divisive player. I love how you have all of our signed shit, by I the do. way. <laughs> Damn it. I have all of them. Um, He's maybe uh, – there's a contract situation. We can just – that is a fact. He's playing some of the best football of his career, but – it's convenient timing. I, I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast or another podcast. I was listening to it, but I think it was this one. <laughs> just The fact was like, I think, Nick, you said you play your best football in the NFL the last season of your contract because you're you're going for it. It's the same thing here. And again, I've said this on Twitter. I've talked to people. It's like, William is now realizing the other options in London are horrible. He thought he was probably like, look, Arsenal, fine if I have to, but Spurs is probably, you know, Champions League, Jose Mourinho again, like they've got like Harry Kane, all these good players. Okay, well, the the lighter fell into the dumpster over there at White Hart Lane, and they are not looking great. Same thing, Arsenal look even worse, even though all of a sudden they're unbeaten in four. But you still know that you you flick one, one little thing out from underneath it, and it all collapses again. I mean... It is it is a well-known trope in American sports that you play your best when a contract situation's up, right? Like, the reason that Nick Foles went bananas in the playoffs and has been a, like, 30th of 32 ranked QB ever since is, like, dude wanted to get paid. And getting paid is a huge motivation 
for a lot of American athletes. You know, I'm not saying this is the case for William, obviously. I'm just kind of giving the comparison. Um, William has played himself into contention for a thing that I did not think was possible, which is a extension with Chelsea and remaining a key player. It doesn't mean he's going to start all the time if he stays. It just means that Frank obviously likes him. And I think more than that, Dan, Frank trusts him to do mm-hmm. the job. And trust is a really funny thing, especially right now when everything is on the line and you cannot afford to make mistakes just given the results that are happening around you. Uh, Frank trusts the lineup that he's starting with and not many other people on the squad right now to get it done. So credit to William. We think about the fact that Reese James did not have his best day out. And so nope. he needed help on the right-hand side. You had Billy Gilmore, who had a, a, a decent outing, uh, especially kind of from a, re- a rebound opportunity, but still was not where N'Golo Conte was in terms of holding down that midfield and, and really providing you know support for the defense. So William was asked to go back quite frequently in this match on the right-hand side. And I was tired after watching him run for like five minutes. I was out of breath. Like, he just was covering so much ground. He was moving the ball so well and was doing it away after 90 minutes, after 90 minutes, after 90 minutes, after this quick turnaround time. And the the best reliability is, you know, best ability is availability. And on top of that, he's also supporting it from the execution standpoint of delivering with those two assists. So he's interchanging with players in a way that he hasn't always previously I mean, how more, yeah, if, if Hazard shot more like Christian did, would William have more assists? I'm not sure. It's it's one of those unsolved mysteries we'll have to wonder about until the end of time. But William clearly is motivated to get the job done, Brandon. And we're, we Chelsea have been the beneficiary of what I would consider, you know, if outside of the slide tackle for Zuma, William was, was the man of the match. Like he was just all over the pitch. Well, he was on who scored. And as your unofficial fitness coach, I'd recommend you continue your pregame jogs on Instagram to continue to increase your fitness level so you can watch William run six miles at a time. Um, look, I think with... You did miss a crucial opportunity, though, and I will say that. Yeah, I, I was watching the highlights again before we did this. I'm sure that probably goes in in training, gated... It did ex- actually like a lot better than I expected him to because you expect that to go back to where it came from and William was sneaky and went to this post. It could have been a lot better, but yeah, I'd like to give the goalkeeper a little bit of credit. But with as we continue on William, um, you've got Hakim Ziyech coming in who plays across, you know, the number six, the 10, um, and the 11. You've got Mason Mount, who's looking really good in the middle. So he kind of drops out of that front three. Cal. Hopefully you get Callum Hudson-Odoi back to where he needs to be for next season. But I think the club are still rating him. Obviously, Christian Pulisic has come in and been fantastic. Depending on what you want to do with Timo Werner, we know that he can play off to the left. It It's... While William is absolutely on fire right now, again, a couple of them are penalties, which you'd like to think most of the players on the team could finish. 
this isn't an exclusive skill set to William. I still do try to bring it back and say, we have to think for the future. And again, it comes back to if William can make concessions on his contractual demands and he's okay playing that role, which I'm not telling him he should be, it is up to him. I still would think that like, if you're lucky, you have one more decent season out of him. But overwhelmingly, his stats have never been that great. And I think we're getting a taste of what someone like Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech can do that just have a much better end product than Williams given us out on the wing over the years. And so credit where credit's due, he has been absolutely fantastic. I just think it's a bit too late in his career personally for us to shell out two years for him. I mean, I would be like one year potential extension for another year like we did with Ali Giroux. Um you know, and I, I think that Frank's changing the way the team plays to be much more dynamic as well. And yeah, I just, I think this ship is going to leave with William still on the dock at the end of next season. Interesting. All right. Well, now that sad story is over. Uh, Frank Lampard, the gaffer. The guy with no experience managing the Premier League continues to impact the game positively. Brings on Tammy Abraham, Ruben Loftus-Cheek for a nice little Cobham double switch again. Uh, And then later Jorginho came on. Yes, that Jorginho, still around. And they all played a role in securing the three points. So I guess, Dan, I can just kind of tee it up very open to you and just say, Frank... Yet again, with impact subs, thank God Tom, Tammy got a goal. It was a well-taken goal as well. Um, yeah, where do you want to go with it? Well, I, I want to say that it's showing an awareness of the players that Frank deems to be most important to getting this done by the end of the season, right? He knows that he's going to continue starting Giroux. Like, Tammy coming on today isn't Tammy is going to go start the next match because he got a goal. He's going to start Olivier Giroud because Olivier Giroud has been helping to enable Christian Pulisic and William and also adding in his own goals, too, which is quite wonderful to see. Um, he clearly values Barkley and wants Barkley to start every match. Meritocracy. Because you're not bring- this yeah, is Barkley's well, worst performance in-, in three matches. It was, but he's bringing in Ruben Loftus-Cheek to come in and, and freshen up Barkley so he can be ready to start in the next match. So, you know, I think what we're seeing is, you know, Frank just trying to, it felt to me like he was managing it to get this one match across the line, Nick. Like, it, it, you know, he, we kind of were, we're seeing some inconsistent performances. You were seeing a little tiredness in the legs and Lampard's like, look, I just, I need to pull a couple players out, get some minutes, leave the most important, you know, a couple of the other important pieces on the board. But if I can get a little rest here early, that's going to be very important for the next match and the next match. Yeah, I mean, his options at the base of midfield are pretty limited right now. You know, no Conte, no Kovacic. So if Gilmore is going to start, then it's natural that Jorginho would come in. And Jorginho played relatively well. I think the tempo was a lot better with him in there um, towards the end of the match. So that was good. Uh, Ruben is still just clearly not full Ruben, right? I mean, he's not moving the way that a Ruben would move. But he's he's figuring it out. Like, and I think he, you know, his assist today was a really really cheeky pass uh, that 
gave me a glimmer of hope that he's working his way back into it. Um, it was a really great assist, and he still scares the hell out of defenders driving at them because he's massive. I mean, and he has a ton of skills. So, I, you know, that's a, a good thing. And then finally, Tammy, for me, getting that goal is massive for him. It had been a long damn time, and it was a great finish. And you could see it just a little cheeky grin on his face. Um, saying like, okay, all right, maybe this is not going to be so hard now. So that to me was all really important. And it was shocking that Cal didn't get into the game, considering that Christian and William have been run into the ground over the last five matches. He warmed um, up. So I, it's just something to watch because, you know, I think to expect Christian and William to play 10 games in, you know, just about 30 days to end the year is a lot. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just have to see how that goes. Tammy hasn't scored since Burnley when we won 3 nothing. games. Huh? It was uh, 10 matches without a, game, uh, without a goal. 10 games, but it was seven months. <laughs> January 11th. Um, that's a long time. So, yeah, it was really good, again, you're, you know, to everyone's point to get him on the score sheet as well. I mean, striker's a confidence position. Giroud's been looking really good, whether it's the, in the build-up or his finishing as well. So it's it would be really great to have two confident strikers uh, as, we, as we go into this one. So, um, yeah. But again, Frank continuing to make tough calls. You know, leaving Jorginho out until now couldn't have been easy. And with Jorginho, I'm sure that they talked. I'm sure Jorginho expressed his discontent as vice captain that he hasn't played, or at least went and say, why not? What do I need to do to get on? Well, no problem. You just need Kovacic and Conte to get injured, and then Billy gets tired, and then I'll put you in, you know, which obviously isn't what he wanted. And it's not easy. And then again, for him to continue to maybe play Barkley and Mason, who aren't always the most popular option. I mean, again, Kovacic has had limited minutes, and he was, is, the man of the or player of the season this season. It's just he's I think that's changed by the way. Yeah. I think that's Recency changed. Bias? I think it is I think it's firmly no. Mason Mount now. Yeah. Player of the season. Mason Mount? Yep. Players player or like media voted player? I mean I think it'll like win both. Most important player of the season. Well, I, I I'm excited for that that uh award ceremony just that'll to, be a fun episode out. we we uh we record yeah the, and when we do our season recap it'll be fun to uh dive into that without a doubt um and then i think lastly before we kind of wrap this one up is you know future legend gary cahill had a very short-lived match today unfortunately uh went down like he was absolutely shot uh and it was hamstring we all knew it from the beginning it's kind of interesting i was listening back to the um the you know the extended highlights and the commentators you know you get all those palace players just upset that chelsea didn't stop play for cahill here's the deal if any team is gonna stop for an injured cahill it's chelsea i mean william and cahill won a lot of stuff together as Lequeta yelling at ayu why would we stop those guys won a lot of things together so to me it just seems like a dumb argument 
and Palace were just kind of clutching at straws of like, oh, you shouldn't have scored on us because that thing happened that wasn't your fault. So again, wishing Gary Cahill a full recovery. Hamstring this late in the game, he's probably done for. Um, but it was just, it was sad to see, obviously, because I think most Chelsea fans, at least most realistic ones, you know, have have a warm spot in their heart for Gary. Dan, I mean, I, I don't know how you couldn't otherwise. But again, as far as like Crystal Palace complaining that we played on, that's not a thing. Uh, yeah, everything looks worse when you slow it down. But William was moving so fast by him. You know, you, he was you, gone. You play till the whistle. Yeah, Cahill you, wasn't you catching play till the whistle. Anyways. And no, and Giroud was in the box ready to go and capitalize on William's, you know, cross in. Uh, so I get it. It's frustrating. It is upsetting, especially if you're the team that gets scored on, but it wasn't a head injury. The ref is able to whistle at any point in time to stop play. And, you know, we think about player safety. They're, they're the ones who help enforce that and own that. And if they wanted to stop it, or if teams want to get to the point, Nick, where they're stopping play for every injury leads to a lot of abuse, leads to a lot of situations that just are going to impact the game negatively. And we have to kind of yeah. just have a standard for what happens. It wasn't a head injury, and it was happening in the middle of an attack. Like, and it wasn't serious, if, right? It wasn't like a it's broken. Not as if the ball. Yep. No, it's 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 not as if he deflected the ball out. Chelsea had a chance to reset, and then they still attacked over him. Like they walked over him, like AI did to Theron Lou. Like that's not what happened. <laughs> like it, it was already in progress, and it just flowed, and and it was a natural move, and like. I can understand if you're a defender getting distracted by that, but that's not Chelsea's problem. Yeah, no, we had broken that that defensive grid well before that. So uh, anyways, all right, well, that'll pretty much wrap up a lot of what we had to say uh, for the match until we get to this Dan of the Match poll. Well, no surprise, uh, even well, though we said earlier in the pod that uh, William was probably the true man of the match for the overall performance. When you save three points with a key slide tackle... Kappa, right? Fingertip save right at the end. Uh, uh, Goalkeepers Union did not hijack the poll because it was Kurt Zuma with four options. Zuma, tackler of men. Zuma, savior of points. Zuma, stalwart defender. And Zuma, happiest man. <laughs> Zuma, tackler of men, 46%. Savior points, 30.7. Happiest man, 18.2. And stalwart defender, 5.1%. All for 100%. End of the day for Kurt Zuma. Take your award. My good man. Nick, this is one of the most Dan polls I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we let him go with this Dan in the match thing. I regret coming it's up. It's on you. <laughs> I, I know. I apologize to everybody out there. Uh, at the end of the day, it's pretty fun. We got 983 votes on it, too, which is, is pretty good for <laughs> only a few crazy. hours. Um, of it even being up. And so I can appreciate that, Dan, you uh, you met the people where they were at. They clearly appreciated this one. And the next part is the table. So Liverpool, again, have done a thing that they haven't done in over 30 years and won the league accidentally. Manchester City, who technically as of today are suspended from UEFA competitions for two seasons. Cass appeal will be July 13th, just under a week from today. But they are in second on 66 points. Chelsea in third place 
not many more than 72 hours ago, were in fifth place before we took on Watford. Third place on 60 points, Leicester City sliding down the slide at 59 points after drawing with Arsenal today, having to come back to draw against 10-man Arsenal. United in fifth on 55 points, but they have a match to play. So assuming they beat Villa, which is a safe assumption, they would be on 58 points. So again, only two points between third and fifth if they win. Wolves, sixth place, 52 points, also game in hand, but it'd be a big ask for them to come back. So um, Arsenal climbed up to seventh, Spurs eighth, Sheffield, poor Sheffield, down to ninth. Um, granted, they have a game in hand, but, you know, it's it's been a rough little run for them. Down at the bottom, in case you're worried about relegation, uh, it is Villa in 18th place, Bournemouth in 19th, and Norwich in 20th. Norwich are gone. A- absolutely gone. Bournemouth, see ya. It's them and Villa just trying to catch Watford, and they're four points ahead. It's not looking good. Dan, you brought these stats back out. 538. Give me some scenarios. Well, the scenario where City are currently banned, which is the world that we're going to live in at the moment. Chelsea at the moment, 97% probability that they will qualify for Champions League, 94% for Leicester, and 92% for Man United. Wolves down to 15% probability. Arsenal, Tottenham, both at, at or under 1%. So... Your European football is going to potentially, or at least Champions League, is not going to include the likes of Tottenham, not going to include the likes of Arsenal. Wolves are going to miss out, most likely. And, you know, some powerhouses, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, and uh, a plucky little Leicester heading to Europe, representing England, is looking very likely, Nick. All right. Well, anyways, that will wrap us for this episode. Uh, everyone out there, listeners, thank you so much, as always, for hanging out with us and joining us. Um, a lot to uncover. The biggest thing is it's punch for punch with Manchester United until we get through it. Only four matches left for Chelsea at this point. We will be back to preview the next one. Who do we even play next? Let me see here. Sheffield United. Play Sheffield. All right. Well, hey, we'll be here yeah. with a match preview on YouTube and a match review on both channels after that. But that's going to wrap us up. So thank you for hanging out with us, everyone. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.